Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Next Man Up podcast. This is your host, Jeremy Hunter, along with Jack MacArthur. And so today we're going to talk about football and some baseball. It's been a little bit. We apologize. Um, we've kind of been busy ourselves, but we're back into it. We're probably, we're hoping, we're hoping. I'm not going to say probably because we're busy with school. School starts soon. I don't I don't want to make promises because promises that you can't keep are not good. Okay? So we're just we're going to try our hardest to get episodes out every week, every week. Whether that's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, any day of the week, just just every week. Could be could be 12 days since the last podcast, maybe 14, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's get right into it. So to start off, we're going to be talking about some college football. Obviously, we missed week one of the NFL, but we're first going to talk about Oregon's biggest game of the year. You know, they beat Ohio State 35-28 to on the road. Jeremy and I watched that game together. It was a great game. You know, it was a huge upset, and this one was very impressive and shocking, especially since the Oregon Ducks didn't have starting defensive end and Heisman contender, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was, you know, a top-five projected uh, pick in next year's NFL draft. And um, they also didn't have uh, Justin Flo, who's also a great player. Yeah, um, I think for a lot of the country, this was surprising. For me, it wasn't necessarily that surprising. And I think, especially for Oregon fans, because they are like, oh, no, our best players are out. But um, Oregon's at a level now where it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it used to be, you know, they'd have a really good player that they found and then behind him they'd have a guy who really should not have been on a power five roster um but Oregon's at a different level recruiting wise now so like when a guy like Avon Thibodeau is out who is a protected top five pick you have a guy like Braden Swenson Braden Swenson is extremely good extremely talented he is young and he showed that against Ohio State um, behind Justin Flo, they had a four-star high school American and Keith Brown. So the depth was shown. And another thing is Ohio State did not look super impressive against Minnesota in week one. Right. Um, their defense looked a little bit sloppy and poor, and they got ran all over by Minnesota. So the fact that Oregon showed up, executed their offensive plan, um, and kind of did what they needed what, to do. What they needed to do, yeah. And what kind of what Minnesota did well against Ohio State, um, they were able to put points up on the board. And then Oregon's defense was pretty good. Obviously, Ohio State got a lot of yards, but Ohio State's offense is very good with elite receivers. So they're always you're always going to give up yards against a team that good. Um, and so it's not about the amount of yards you give up. For me, it's more so about, you know, what the amount of points they're scoring putting up on the board. Like, they went for it on fourth a lot, and they didn't get it. Um, and that's huge. Not about a lot of the plays that go on during the game. It's about the pivotal plays. You can come out of the pivotal plays winning most of those. Make big stops. Yes, make big stops. That's how you win games. Not necessarily. If a guy, if a team can drive 90 yards on the field and can't put it in the end zone and they kick a field goal or they miss the field goal or what have you, that's not going to win games. And we're going to talk about it later with other teams, but you have to put the ball in the end zone when you make these long drives to actually win football game. 
Yeah, I mean, Oregon Oregon didn't even look that good against Stony Brook. They were up 17-7 to at the half and ended up winning that game by 41 and, you know, 48-7. to We'll talk about that later. But you know what? Yeah, I think that the Ducks are very deep. And, you know, um, not only did Swinson step up, but, you know, Noah Sewell. Noah Sewell had a great game. And, you know, he's been playing great for Oregon. And, uh, you know, obviously younger brother of Panea Sewell. But I also think that, you know, you got to give credit to Ohio State's offense. Obviously, they played terribly defensively, in the, and, and they couldn't they didn't have an answer for uh, C.J. Verdell, and he had three touchdowns in that game, and, and Anthony Brown did pretty good too. But um, Ohio State's QB, you know, C.J. Stratton played phenomenally in that game, and, you know, their, their, their defense couldn't get together. They let the deck score a lot. And um, even though they have elite receivers, like you said, you know, Chris Olave and, you know, C.J. Stratton played great, they did could not step up defensively in the deck defensively in the deck just took advantage of that and ended up winning just because they all offensively and they made some great shots. Yeah, that's that is a game that you look back on. Even if Ohio State doesn't turn out to be um an insane top, team. Yeah. I mean they're top ten right now, but they're the ten tenth in the nation. Yeah, if they don't turn out to be, you know, as high as they were ranked in the preseason well, to go the fields, yeah. yeah, to go on the field behind enemy lines. And win a football game like that, that's a good win. You got to remember, right? It doesn't matter where, you, how good the team is. If you're playing in an opposing stadium, it's going to be a lot tougher than if you're playing at home. And you got to factor in that the shoe, the shoe is one of the tougher places to play in college football. Like top five loudest arenas. Yeah, hundred thousand fans. Yeah. I don't care how good Ohio State is that year. That's not an easy place to play. And I don't think Ohio State's bad. Will they win the Big Ten? Who Maybe knows? Not. Who knows? We'll see. And also, I want to talk about the statistics. So, CJ Stroud, uh, Ohio State's QB, threw 35 or 54 in that game for Oregon. That's a completion percentage of 64.8. And he, you know, had 484 yards in that game. And he threw for three tutties, three touchdowns, and only had one interception. I mean, he played great. But overall, Ohio State's defense did not step it up, and they did not have an answer for C.J. Verdell. They just kept running to the left and doing these running plays, and they just couldn't stop them. And, you know, so like I said, C.J. Verdell looked uh, great. But, you know, the Ducks are ranked third in the country now. They were fourth before that game, which is Stony Brook, after they squeaked one against huge upset against Ohio State. That was an insane win for the Ducks. And, uh, you know, what do you think about their win against Stony Brook, Jeremy? We were at that game together. 48-7, to you know, they won last night at home in Odson. But the problem is they were only up by 10 points at the half, so went exactly how I expected it to. Um, I felt like they were the offensive line they had the standard right. that they should have. Um, and I just kind of felt like it was going to be a sloppy game. The weather, you know, was a bit iffy at the start of the game. Um, you're kind of coming off of like a big win. You're probably not coming into it as a game against Brook, like team, firing yeah. on all cylinders. Right. Plus, I felt like, you know, it was just one of those games where they kind of start off slowly and then they just kind of finish it up at the end. Um, I felt like their game plan was pretty good. I felt like they were trying to kind of more control the clock and to keep the defense off the field, which is a bit thin at the moment. Right. Um, but they just, they struggled at times. I don't think the game was ever in doubt. It was never like, oh, we might lose this game, obviously. Yeah, because... but we let Stony Brook score, yeah. I mean... That's fine, though. We still, they still got the win. Yeah, it's like, 
doesn't matter how ugly the win is. A win is a win. And if you're winning games that you should, even if you're not winning them as good as you should, right. per se, it doesn't really matter. Because you're going to have weeks where you don't play your best. And so you're going to have a team that's way below your level, maybe, you know, keep it a little bit closer than you'd like. But that doesn't matter because the next week you could play a really good team and you could fire on all cylinders. So I think this happens in college a lot more than other sports, I feel like, because um, college kids, I think, are more prone to get up and down for certain And it's unpredictable what can happen in college football. Yeah. So you don't really – there's no reason to really, like, trip over, like, something like this happening. Um, Because each week is a different week. You know, if Ohio State um, had – come out and beat Oregon and then struggle the next game where they struggle against Minnesota and come out and beat Oregon. This is hypothetical, obviously, the loss of Oregon. But people would have been like, oh, they just had a rough first week, right? You know, people were, I think, reading too much into, like, certain matchups from previous week. Um, whereas I don't necessarily know if you can base a team off of one week. You've got to wait a couple weeks before you can really get it a sense of what the team truly is. I think now we're at that point where you kind of assess the team. Obviously, teams can grow from now on. But they've had three games that kind of showcase what they could actually bring. And, you know, you can you can measure potential at this point. But what I'm seeing is, like, there's teams that are, you, they just, they have potential. They just need to get to it. Other teams kind of just, they're bad. And they're just not looking good. Like, yeah. you know what, Ohio State, Coming into the season, what were they ranked third overall? And then they lost to the Ducks, who were ranked, I think, 12th in the country at that point. And then they ended up losing about seven to the Ducks. And, you know, obviously they didn't look insanely good against Minnesota. They won that game by, I think, let's check the score. It's 14. Yeah, 14. They only won that game by two touchdowns. So, I mean, anything can happen in college football. And, you know, like you said, Jeremy, we're in that point in the season where we're, you know, third week of, fo- of college football, coming into the fourth week. And, you know, teams are finding their rhythm. Hopefully, Anthony Brown's all right. But, you know, Ty Thompson came into that game versus Stony Brook, and I really like to see him out there. He was he was playing good with Ty J. Blairfield as well. But the Ducks are a deep team, and, you know, they're surprising a lot of people. Nobody thought that they were going to be – or a lot of people didn't think that they were going to be out. But anyways, Jeremy, next topic. Um, you know, Alabama, they barely beat the Gators yesterday, the Florida Gators, 31-29. to Your thoughts on that game? Um, here's the thing. Obviously, Alabama is replacing Mac Jones. Mac Jones was the quarterback. I think he was probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country. And I think he probably should have gone high in the draft. Um, he had a Joe Burrow-type season. Um, and in fact, I found him to be far more impressive than Joe Burrow was in college. And yet, you know, it's all about perception when it comes to the draft for whatever reason. Um, but... You know, Alabama's replacing him. They got to replace Najee Harris. They got to play replace Devontae Smith. You know, they got a young receiving core. Right. Um, so like obviously they're reloading, and obviously this is a big early season test because you know Florida has talent. So as close as the game was, you know, I'm not gonna say oh it's Alabama struggling. Is Alabama gonna lose? You know, are they? Are they really the top dog? Because I feel like it's kind of semantics at this point in the season. They still got the win done. Um, I, I was a little bit curious why uh, Florida didn't play uh, 
think it's Anthony Richardson. Is that who it is? Um, that quarterback. I feel like he's just so he brings just so much more to the table than Henry Jones does. Um, that quarterback. I might be mixing up names right now, but I think those are the names. Um, so obviously, I think Florida kind of told it. You know what? They they are a good team. Um, and I think Alabama. They they still look good. I don't think you can just say that they're. I don't think you can say that they're uh, not the top team in the country currently. I mean, I think maybe Georgia could make a case, but you know, you look at Alabama. They did really good against Miami, who Miami has not looked good at all. Um, but they it wasn't a close game against Miami. They straight up blew the doors off that game. So, we'll see what kind of happens, but at this moment in time, it kind of looks like there's a lot of good teams at the top and not one great team. And obviously, I think Alabama has the potential to be that one great team. I think Georgia has the potential to be that one great team. Um, and I'm curious to see who kind of takes themselves up to the next level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Clemson... You know, they're not too promising. They beat Georgia Tech. I'm trying to find the exact score. I think it was like 14. Yeah, 14 to 8. They should beat Georgia Tech by a lot more than that. You know what? I think the Alabama is finding their rhythm. And Bryce Young is a great young QB. Obviously, they have a bunch of talent. And Alabama is always going to be stacked. You know, always going to be that the top three team because they're always loaded. But uh, like you said, they have to replace Najee Harris, Mac Jones, all those other stars that they had. But Alabama, even though they beat, barely beat Florida, they're still, you know, the team to beat. They're uh, still undefeated, still a top three team, top three team in college football. And, you know, um, I don't know. I just think that Clemson is not too promising right now. And Alabama, Alabama needs to step it up because Florida should definitely be ranked higher. I mean, they're only, they're, they're ranked 11th right now, but <laughs> I don't think Ohio State should be in, in the top 10 right now after that, you know. I mean, they, they lost to the Ducks and... They also barely beat, I forgot who they just played, but Tulsa. Yeah, they barely beat Tulsa by like 21, so they should be Tulsa by a lot more than that. Uh, but I think that Florida should be top six, top seven right now. They're ranked 11th right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't think rankings really matter right now. They're going to have to solve themselves. You know, like Penn right. State started off ranked pretty low, and, you know, they they got a win against Washington. Yeah. They got a win against Auburn, who are both ranked. Um, Penn State looks like maybe the best team in the Big Ten as of this moment right now. Obviously, things could change, you know, Ohio State could kind of up together, whole kind of situation, but, like, you kind of have a situation where we're only three weeks in this season. Right. So, you're going to have teams who are ranked kind of low, they're starting to creep up. You know, you're going to have teams that were ranked kind of highly start to move their way down um, when based on their performance. So, I think... Um, by week five, things should kind of be more like settled. Yeah, more and settled. And like determined. Yeah, look more realistic. You know, just kind of look more like we kind of feel like based on the eye test that we've seen over the course of weeks. Um, so don't really trip about the AP rankings yet. Um, now if you feel like. By week five, your team's not getting enough respect. That's kind of understandable, but through three weeks, you kind of just have to let let the things happen. You know, if your team's really that good, they're going to show that these next two weeks, and then you're going to be right up there where you feel like you should be. So, 
Yeah, maybe I think Florida is probably better than the ranking just a little bit. I feel like they might be ninth. I feel like that's a perfect spot. We'll see how they do within these next few games. Yeah. And then um, yeah. talking about another team, Florida. Florida State. Yep. Is it the coach that's the problem? Is it the culture? I feel like it's the culture. Um, I don't think Taggart was the problem, clearly, because they were 0-3 for the first time since 1976. What I think it was. Um, their coach back then was Bobby Bowden. Now, I'm too young to even know who that is. Well, I know who he is, obviously. We're a big sports dude, so we follow a lot of stuff. We know what we're talking about. But, like... I'm pretty, uh, man, that's just so long ago. It's like literally, you know, longer than 40 years ago. And just a weird season for Florida State. They played Notre Dame close. You know, people are like, oh, is Florida State actually good? Notre Dame's kind of looked um These past, the start of the season. Um, and then, supposed to be a lot higher, yeah. Yeah, a lot better. Florida State lost to Jacksonville State in FCS school. And then... After that, proceeded to lose to Wake Forest. Um, so you have a team that has a bunch of talent. They're not lacking talent, which is why I think it's a culture thing. Or maybe coaching, because they're not utilizing their talent just like Washington. You know, obviously Washington won big yesterday, but they opened the season losing to Montana, which they, you know should have creamed. They could have beaten them uh, by a bunch. So obviously, we'll see. But you know, uh, Florida State's going to have to get uh, you know get, get it together. Yeah. I feel like Florida State could, like, if they fire their coach, they could just be in that cycle of, like, they're just in a constant just Rhythm. firing a coach, hiring another one, firing them after a couple of seasons, hiring another one. And, yeah. like, because the issue is not the amount of talent they have. They've got they've got so much talent that they shouldn't, be, they shouldn't lose away for us, first of all. Jackson, Jacksonville State is, that, that, that loss was horrible. Yeah, the game shouldn't have even been close, and the fact that they saw I I don't know what they're doing on the last play, but they were not playing for bad defense at all. I don't think, and they just let the guy catch it right over the middle and run around their entire team and score. You know, I had like two guys. It was one on two. Um, just he's just pretty boneheaded, honestly. I just don't understand. I put Florida State, Nebraska, and Texas, um, kind of in the same boat of teams who kind of have. But they don't deserve the bravado because they haven't been anything in quite some time. Um, you know, they're kind of blue bloods, but are they anymore? You know, just kind of lost their allure a little bit. I think they kind of have culture problems that they're kind of like weird Texas or weird Florida State. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't matter anymore. You gotta, you gotta come back and actually have a real, like, thick culture of actually substance. You know, because being a school that was once something is not substance. You've got to be consistent, and you have to have talent, and you have to show that. I mean, obviously, Florida State has been talented, and utilizing it, and I think that you're right, Jeremy, they have to make a coaching change. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I think they, they need somebody who's going to come in and I think I think the boosters are a big problem at these schools because I feel like they're just a little bit. They want to keep the image and the brand that is associated with these schools because obviously they're very 
proud of this brand that they made. Right. Um, but they're they're in this rut. They're in a gutter, and they need a new brand. They need kind of a new identity. They kind of need to stray away from what they once were because they can't be what they once were anymore. They got to be a new program. They got to be different. Um, and like, you don't have to do that by, you know, getting a bunch of new uniforms or like doing a bunch of stuff, but you have to basically just kind of create a different culture, you know, maybe have like a slogan or whatever, or like re just try to take what was, has been successful at other schools and kind of influence your own school instead of trying to run it back with the same kind of identity and like from a cultural Right, like they gotta change it up, you know, like, for example, Mario, or Mario Cristobal, you know, completely changed Oregon, obviously Billy Taggart wasn't even that good of a coach, and obviously really changed Oregon when talking about, you know, the Marcus Mariota and the Kenyon Barner days and the, you know, the Michael James days, the old ducks, but what I'm trying to say is, it's about, you know, coaches People buying into a program, and Mario Cristobal has done done that with the Ducks. He's gotten us a bunch. He's gotten the Ducks a bunch of recruits, and they've the Ducks are looking really good, and they've been winning. But you know, I think Florida State just needs to be a new coach, like you said, and just have a new like brand, new brand. Yeah, they need to rebrand. Definitely. All right, next topic, Jeremy. So Penn State has had two impressive wins this year against Wisconsin and Auburn. What do you think about Penn State this week? Um, like I said before. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I said before the season, like I thought Penn State's twenty twenty season was a bit of a fluke. I felt like they were actually a good team, and then you know they would show it this year, and they were a top ten team, and they've kind of shown that so far this season. Um, like I said, the twenty twenty season does not really impact the current season because it was just a mess of stuff that was going on, especially in the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. Um, so obviously, I think Penn State. They've shown that they're that they're a good team. Um, I just feel like they need they they're just their potential. They're not. I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, I feel like that's a lot of that's a lot to say straight up that they're a playoff team. I don't think they've necessarily showed that they are yet. Um, could they have the potential to be? Maybe. I just feel like they're. More so like a top 10 team, just not top four. Um, obviously, I'd be fine if they proved me wrong. I'm a, they can win the Big Ten East and win the Big Ten title. That, that's great for the program. I think James Franklin is a great coach. Um, he, he managed to make Vanderbilt while he was there kind of a program. You know, that would win games, that would go to bowl games. You know, that he was ranked in the preseason once with Right. He knows how to build a program. And so I think Penn State's never going to be bad on James Franklin. Question is, will they ever be kind of a top four team? And I'm just not 100% sure. But if there's any year that they could make the playoff, I think this is a perfect year because I think. Ohio State is just not as good as they have been at all. Yeah, and I think it's just not good. Yeah, and I think you know you've got you know the other sneaky good teams. I just feel like the Big Ten is not necessarily um, as stacked. Of them. Yeah, you know you look. You know Wisconsin would have been a tough game. They already beat Wisconsin. You know, like 
And the Big Ten this year, I feel like, is a lot more wide open. I think this is this is the best year to capitalize on them. Um, and we'll see if they can do that. Yeah, we'll see. All right, next topic. Let's see. We want to discuss uh, Iowa beat Ohio State yesterday. Iowa. Yeah, I'm about Iowa beat Ohio State, and their defense has been able to force a lot of turnover. It was Iowa State, but Iowa beat Ohio State. Iowa. Yeah, so Iowa, their offense has not been the best, which nobody expected them to be, but their defense has forced a lot of turnovers. Um, it's gotten them some pretty big wins. Um, so, obviously, if your team can force a lot of turnovers at short fields, like turnovers are one of the biggest killers in every sport. You know, in basketball, if you have a bunch of turnovers, it's a killer. In football, it especially is. Um, if you look, you know, the teams that have the best, you know, turnover differential tend to be really good. Like, they just tend to win a lot of games because you're getting extra possessions, and those extra possessions help. So, obviously, they, if you looked at the score against uh, their first, in their first game against Indiana, they didn't. Game was not close. It wasn't that their offense was just scoring at will. It was that their defense kept on forcing turnovers, getting short fields for the offense to capitalize off of. Um, and so I feel like if Iowa can keep doing that, they can continue to be like a top team in the Big Ten. But I feel like they can't force turnovers. They're going to be in a bit of trouble because I just don't think their offense is quite good enough to basically win them football games. Um, to that extent, if they're playing like a Michigan or a Penn State or Ohio State, even a Wisconsin, I just don't know if they're going to be in that, um, in those games, um, enough if they're not forcing turnovers. So Iowa, Iowa has is kind of a they're very much a they're very what you call it they're very dependent on their ability to force turnovers, which is not necessarily a good thing for... It's not a winning recipe. Right. You have to have a determined defense and have to be consistent. Yeah. If Obviously, if their defense is getting stops, that's always a good thing, but you're, there's too many good teams that they're going to score four touchdowns on you, and your offense has to be able to put up five. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing good defense, that's great, but the offense is Yep. Football is a team sport. All cogs have to be moving at the same speed at the same time for it to work. Um, another team that had some hype early in the season, uh, Texas. They, yeah. they got the doors blown off by Arkansas. Um, it 40 was, to 21. The game, the score looks a lot closer to the game actually was. Which, Considering it was a 19-point loss and that was closer than the game was, is pretty unimpressive by Texas. I think at one point it was 31-3 to or something around those lines, or maybe it's 34-3. to But it, they, Texas just did not show up. It did not look ready for Arkansas. And I felt like Arkansas was a pretty underrated team going into the season. You know, they, they. I wouldn't say they have a bunch of talent, but like I think they're well coached. 
Um, they've got some. They've got some guys on that team that are good. Um, and they basically just come and came out, punched Texas in the mouth, and Texas just did not respond at all. Texas went to sleep. Um, you know, so I'm curious to see if Arkansas can maybe do some damage in the SEC. You got to remember they are in the SEC West. Um, was the likes of Alabama, Texas A&M. Although Texas A&M has, you know, they did they kind of struggled against Colorado. Obviously, their starting quarterback got hurt in that game, but at the same time, they had so much more talent that they probably should have won by more than three points. Um, but Arkansas might be a sneaky team. Um, I think they could be a bowl team. Um, and if you're looking, if you're a Big Twelve guy or person, um, you know Texas has not looked good at all. Oklahoma hasn't really looked good. You know Iowa State hasn't looked good. You know those were supposed to be the top three teams. Well, Iowa State didn't even look good either. Yeah. Yeah. So you know when the top teams in your conference just don't look good and aren't playing good, it's your conference doesn't look good. And if we're talking about conferences that have not looked good, the Pac-12 is right at the top. As well, yeah. I mean, UCLA beat LSU, but as you mentioned earlier, Jeremy, that wasn't the most impressive win because uh, you know LSU is still reloading and they're not super good. And then you know um, UCLA recently just lost to Fresno State, so you know the uh, the Pac-12 isn't, isn't looking super good. No, the Pac-12 has uh, lost to two FCS schools: Arizona lost to Northern Arizona, Washington lost to Montana. They're five hundred against the Mountain West. Yeah. And they're supposed to be a spirit conference in Mountain West, so they should win those games. But, you know, the Pac-12 has been a huge disappointment. You know, people thought maybe Cal could be some, could be decent. Cal has looked horrible. People thought Washington could be the winner of the Pac-12 North. They've looked horrible, except for uh, last week. But to be fair, you look horrible in the first two weeks. It kind of just takes a win out of your shows. No matter what they do, I just... Still don't think they've got that much potential. I mean, beating Arkansas State up is not that's not gonna impress me that much. Do it against a real team and I'll I'll put some respect on y'all's name again. But I can't Stanford they went and lost to Kansas State and then beat USC and then got Clay Helton fired. Um but Stanford doesn't chop out of conference per usual. Washington State is just not very good. They just lost badly to USC. Yeah, USC with Jackson Dart at the back of that quarterback and an interim coach. USC has always been a dumpster fire, it feels like. Um, they just feel like they've kind of had a hot seat on the coach for multiple years and they kind of pulled the trigger firing um, after just an abysmal performance in Stanford. Their kicker got ejected for targeting. Like, how, how does that happen? I mean, yeah, that's just wild. The, the, if you want to talk about USC football as like a program in general, like they're if, not that good. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That just sums it up. Their kicker, their kicker getting injected for targeting. Like that. That sums up their program pretty well. Um, UCLA is just not very good. You know, they won. They kind of. They just did not look impressive against Hawaii, and then they beat Alabama. People were hyping them up, and I was like, I'm not so sure. Then they lost to Fresno State. I think Fresno State is actually a good team. But Fresno State's a But at the same time, it's like you are a Power 5 team who's supposed to be a top team in the country, so you have to win that game. 
I don't care if it's close. You got to finish out that game. But they let Fresno State with Jake Hanner, our quarterback, who was hurt. Um, he just tried pulled, pulled it out of the gutter, and, and he ended up winning the game for them. Yeah, it dropped down the field with 50 seconds left. Your defense has to be able to stop them with 50 seconds left. You yeah. can't. You know, can't like, that's that. just... You can't give up points that easily. No. To be a good team, you can't... You, defense can't be that soft. Yeah, Jay Kaner is slept on. He's actually very good. And Fresno State is actually a pretty good team. And uh, the next topic that we want to talk about is Oklahoma. They're 4-0 right now, and they're ranked fourth in the nation behind Oregon. Obviously, Alabama's number one, Georgia's number two. But we saw an insane interception... Uh, defensive back DJ Graham had a pick. He looks like Odell now. He, when he jumped up and, and uh, picked that off, that sealed the game versus Nebraska. What do you think about the interception? What do you think about that game uh, against Nebraska? Well, the interception was impressive, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, I think it was on a fourth down, so like even if they had knocked it down, they would have gotten the ball in better field position. But it, it was impressive. But it was a crazy interception. It, it went viral for obvious reason. But um, I have not been that impressed with Oklahoma. Um, they haven't they haven't had a serious challenge. It seems like. I mean, they've kind of been challenged by teams that shouldn't challenge them. Yeah, actually, like they got challenged by Tulane, um, first week of the season. Um, they yesterday they got challenged by Nebraska. I'm still not high on Nebraska again because Scott Frost is just not a very good coach. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, I don't. He's just a bad coach, straight up. He's he's horrid. Um, they need they need somebody that's going to change the culture. That's going to recruit. Need need to recruit talent, and he just has not been able to do that. And I just he he's just not he's just not a good fit for any program except for maybe a group of five. Get away with that stuff there, but. You know, they, they Oklahoma just has been impressive. You know, people are talking about Spencer Rattler as a top ten pick, not because he's shown that, but because he's a quarterback. We do this every year, early mock draft stuff. People overhype QBs exactly all the time. It, it makes happens. no sense. It's every single year. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, Spencer Rattler, he's not even that good. He's decent, but you know, like I said before. Oklahoma has beaten teams barely that they should have blown out pretty much. I mean, Nebraska, they're not that good of a team. They beat them 23-16. They beat them by seven points. And then Tulane for the season opener, 40-35. to How are you going to beat Tulane by five? That is actually embarrassing right there. That's kind of like Ohio State in the first half against Minnesota. You know, they were losing in the first half against Minnesota, and then they lost to Oregon. And Oregon's actually a really good team this year. But what I'm saying is, Oklahoma isn't even that impressive, and you know I think that they're ranked higher than they should be. They probably should be like maybe sixth, seventh, or eighth, but now they're fourth. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think Oklahoma is all that. No, they're not. I just I I to be a good team, you need a quarterback, right? And a lot of people around the college football circle, you know, the, they're they're not that high on Spencer Rattler because he's just just I feel like he's just missing that it. You know, I feel like he's just a guy you don't really trust. You know, in the big moments, I feel like obviously he's delivered sometimes, but I just feel like he's just not. He's just not an elite quarterback. Um, I just don't think he's a guy that can just blow his team to victory. Um, he obviously has talent. I just don't think he's fully encapsulated all that talent. He 
Because he's super young. I mean, he's you say he's super young. He's pretty good. You're starting, so. Or is it second? I think he did second. I mean, he's played. He's played a lot. He he, sh- he should probably have it figured out by now. But, but it's just like he doesn't just doesn't. Really yeah. I just feel he's like he's twenty years old. Um, let's see. Um, if I can find a year. I think sophomore. He's a, this is a sophomore. Yeah, he's a COVID yeah. sophomore. All right. Well, he's a sophomore and he's twenty years old, so he's still pretty young. But he's probably gonna leave and go to the NFL after this year because he's gonna get paid. Because some sucker's gonna want a quarterback. Let me tell you, NFL GMs are not gonna be listening to this because clearly I'm probably smarter than most of you. Just not the guys in the office. But do not pick a quarterback in the first round unless he's actually shown. Some promise. Now, what do you mean by showed some promise? I'm talking about a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert type, where you see that they have a bunch of talent, but they didn't necessarily live up to it in college. They have potential. Yes. You don't want a guy who has shown weakness in college, right? Like, if you look at Herbert, Herbert did pretty well in college, but you just felt like there was just more he could do. But he had just moments of just unbelievable play. Same right, with just these deep balls and the just insane passes that were right on the money. Yeah, same with Patrick Mahomes. Right. You watch the tape, and they're super impressive. Um, and those are the guys you pick in the first round because there are people that just have an certain amount of talent that you can kind of just mold a little bit into what you need. You know, it doesn't take that much. And they have that star potential. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you you look at some of these quarterbacks that get picked in the first round and they're just making boneheaded plays. Um, and you could be like, oh, that's fixable. But at the same time, is it really? Because if obviously if it's every once in a while, you know, they get a little bit shook whatever but when it's kind of more of a constant like every game type of thing it's a little bit more like is it really something you can fix or is it kind of more ingrained in them um but you can kind of tell when there's a good quarterback class and a bad quarterback class there's a bad quarterback class so just don't pick a quarterback this year if you really need a quarterback just get a ryan fitzpatrick just stop gap him for a year and then wait for another year like, getting a quarterback is not going to turn your franchise around in one season. It's going to take a while. Like, look at the Jets and the Jaguars right now. They're or look horrible. At, yeah. Or, I mean, look at the Bears. I mean, they're still starting Andy Dalton. And, and you know, Justin Fields is still has potential, but he still needs to learn the playbook and get used to the offense and kind of, like, feel it out. You know what I mean? Because, like, when you draft a QB in the first round, I mean, you know, they're not just going to be stars right away, usually. I mean, obviously, Herbert was Rookie of the Year last season, and he was just a beast. And, you know, threw from, what, 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Pretty good for a rookie, uh, especially a rookie. But, I mean, like, Justin Fields, he's still backup to Andy Dalton. And these guys will learn the playbook, you know what I'm saying? And, and then you got guys like Joe Burrow, who don't have an O-line, and they're still... And they're still trying to, you know, find their rhythm, and, and they're still throwing a bunch of interceptions. And you guys, guys like Zach Wilson, he threw, he threw four interceptions. You know? Yeah, it's like just don't don't force yourself to pick a quarterback, right? Because 
the thing is, you could pick a quarterback in the first round, but if you've got no talent around him, he's probably not going to perform. And you don't you don't want to reach for a quarterback. That's how you end up with a Mitch Trubisky. That's how you end up with um, a Josh Rosen, even though I felt like Josh Rosen didn't get his fair dues. Um, but you end up with these guys who just aren't that. And you picked them that early because you felt like you kind of needed you needed a quarterback, and so you free for one. And you rush it with these younger guys who aren't actually super talented, you know? Yeah, like I was not impressed with Zach Wilson because yeah, he played a horrible competition at BYU. That's true. And he he was just he never showed the superstar potential, and he was still drafted what second overall? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I don't know what it is, but I feel like GMs kind of they they eat a little bit of the they drink they drink Kool Aid. To be honest with you, they they kind of just like you. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with hey, some Kool Aid. Fair enough. Anyways, yeah, finish your thought. Yeah, but they they kind of just I feel like they drink Kool Aid. Like I felt like it was really evident when Lonzo Ball went second. The Lakers could have literally had Jason Tatum. Or De'Aaron Fox. Or De'Aaron Fox. Or who? I'm trying to think who else was in that draft. 17. They could have had, what, Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's 2017. That's crazy to think about. Imagine Donovan Mitchell or Tatum on the Lakers. Unreal to me. I mean, Lonzo Ball, he ended up being traded to the Pelicans. Now it's in the Bulls, obviously. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. They're just... Guys, guys rush talent. They think that these guys are superstars, but then they turn out to be guys like, like you said, Josh Rosen or Lonzo Ball, where you think they're going to be insane talents, but they're just mediocre or they're busts. Well, the thing is, like, with Lonzo Ball, like, it was just all hype. And I, there, there wasn't that much substance behind the hype. Like, if you watched any college basketball, you know De'Aaron Fox was a much better player. You knew a lot of these players were so much better than Lonzo, and yet he went number two. I still don't know why. Where is because the Lakers were drinking the Kool-Aid that LeVar the Ball hive. was pouring. All the hive, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Lonzo Ball was literally drafted second overall, and then Tatum was drafted, what, third of the Celtics, and then you got Donovan Mitchell 13th overall in 2017. So it's just I mean, of... to be fair, a lot of people suck on Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. missing out on Donovan Mitchell, you know what, a lot of teams miss out on him. But, you know, to... That always happens in the draft. There's always that one guy that turns out to be a superstar, like, what, Giannis in, in 2013. I can't remember if he drafted 14th or 15th overall. I think it was about 14th. But, you know, the, that one guy that, um, you know, turned into a superstar and turns into a star, and uh, he's not drafted top 10 or top 5 at all. Yeah, because sometimes people need, you know, they, they when they come out, you know, they're not necessarily at their best, but they kind of develop pretty well, or they translate better. But, like, what I'm saying is, you know, when it comes to this, like, I did, they've got to be drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, from the media. Or the hype train, because you know you look at these guys and they're just kind of like like for me they just don't do it for me like they're just people that I wouldn't value that highly, um and yet they go high in the draft, um and that's the only explanation I could have um unless the scouts are trying to uh, kind of draft a guy that they think is like. The potential has like the craziest potential, but a really low floor. But I just don't, I don't see the potential with a lot of these guys. I just, I don't know where they just 
they decide to pick them. I feel like they just feel like that their job is on the line a little and bit, they, and they have to make a big move in order to have a you know a, you know a, you know big change for the franchise. But drafting a Yankee QB, it's not always going to you know push the needle. Yeah, and if there's a lot of media pressure and fan pressure to draft this guy, even if that guy's not even as good as you think another guy is, then you're probably going to go for that guy. Um, so I don't know if the scouts or GMs or whoever have the kahunas, like they're missing those, you know, the balls, the kahunas to just make a pick that they feel like is right for the franchise. They're just horrible at valuing talent. They drink the Kool-Aid. I don't know what it is. Um, it's probably one of the most dumbfounding things in sports. It blows my mind, yeah. Yeah. One thing I like about college sports over pro sports is the evaluation. It's just not... It's completely different. Like, in college, it's... You know, you might miss out on a guy, but it's like you're recruiting 20 a class, you know? And you're trying to get all these different guys. You know what? I agree, though. I mean, it's not just QBs, Jeremy. It's also... You know, it can be wide receivers as well. You know, Jamar Chase, he was drafted, what? I mean, I'm trying to trying to think hard here. Was it fifth overall to the Bengals? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was so, so Jamar Chase, guys, was drafted fifth overall to the Bengals. And this is a perfect example of the Bengals drinking the Kool-Aid. They could have had one of the best offensive tackles in the draft in, in, the, in the Atul. But you know who they drafted instead? Jamar Chase, okay? Imagine drafting a wide receiver over a lineman when you could have filled the position that you needed to fill. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just stupid of me. You know, the, the Bengals would have been better off uh, improving their O-line to protect the borough, but instead they just wanted to get a wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, Jamar Chase, sure, he's, he's talented, but he had a few drops in preseason. And, 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 you know, what I'm trying to say is sometimes you just have to make the right choice, and other times you'll see you'll see teams attracted to be the wide receiver and get some wide Yeah. Um, so we kind of went on to the NFL, so we're going to keep on going. Um, the Rams, like I said earlier in the season, um, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I was talking to Jack about it. Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback, the top five quarterback. I've thought this for a while. He just, he was in Detroit and Detroit is where players go to die. Pretty much. And that's where Penesio was going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, think about it. They had Barry Sanders. Couldn't do anything with him. They had Megatron. They couldn't do anything with him. It's they had like, Matthew Stafford. Didn't do anything with him. Exactly. It's yeah. like, it's, 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 it's just sad. It's a horrible place to play. Um, I feel bad if you go to Detroit. Um, kind of like uh, Cincinnati. You know, Andy Dalton is a great QB, but he just never got his talent utilized. Yeah, it's just it's 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 probably the one place you actually do not want to play because I they just have never really had success at all. Um, but let's stop dogging on Detroit and you know Matthew Stafford. He's in a new place. He's in L.A. You know, everybody loves L.A. I don't, but um, gotta give him credit. Yeah, the, the Rams look good because Matthew Stafford has weapons. You know, they have Woods. I've always been Cooper a fan. Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Woods was really good at USC. Cooper Cup was really good at Eastern Washington. Obviously, they're good receivers in the NFL. Great defense. Yeah. Great defense Obviously, they still got their great defense. Um, and so they've kind of, I think they look like the best team in the NFC so far. Obviously, we're two weeks in, so it's like, hold your horses. You know? But they basically took a really good team that was, I mean, Super Bowl they went, contenders. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. Like, three, four years ago or three? Yeah, I think it was, I think yeah. it was three. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, they, but Jared Goff was not the guy, and obviously Matthew Stafford's looking very good. And we talked about this previously, Jeremy. I think your prediction was, you know, Packers and 
and uh, Chiefs, but obviously, you know, we'll talk about the Chiefs later, but the uh, Packers not looking good right now. And uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford's looking very good. He's looking up to the high He's, you know, always been a super good QB, but in the wrong place. And obviously, yeah, his best receiver was Calvin Johnson. And don't get me wrong, Calvin Johnson is one of the best receivers of all time. But in Detroit, he never had a super strong or good O-line, and he never had the weapons that he needed. He never had a super good contending team. And now he's with the Rams, you know. I think the Rams are going to go to the Super Bowl, and I said that coming into the season. I thought they would make it, and, you know, I still stand by that. And he's a legitimate MVP contender. And in the season opener versus the Bears, he threw for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 321 yards with a, a completion percentage of 76.9. So he's looking real good. And you know what? I think the Rams are serious contenders. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about your Panthers now. Let's do it. Um, I know you're... Didn't expect this. I didn't expect this. At all. Um, they're 2-0. Um, Sam Darnold has left New York, and um, I don't think he's a different player. I just think he's in a much better situation. Um, he's got better receivers. I mean, he has DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson now. Yeah. Um, I just think the New York Jets are kind of just not... A terrible franchise. Yeah. The, the, that sums it up pretty gotta be, perfect. Gotta be honest sometimes. Um, and I think they they picked the wrong quarterback. Not only did they pick the wrong quarterback, but they got rid of a quarterback who was probably pretty good, and got this new quarterback who was not the right quarterback. Um, right. Obviously, Zach Wilson's only played two weeks, but at the same time, look, I'm not very high on the guy, and I didn't think I'd have a bunch of hot takes on this. Uh, podcast but you know what I'm I'm feeling like you know I'm feeling like living on the edge today I'm feeling like and then hot with these takes um Zach Wilson is awful he is completely trash um I mean honestly I, I don't I don't disagree with you there I think he's gonna bug. um just my opinion the if he's he ever get big this is gonna get clear I don't care you said, okay. oh, if we ever get Vegas in the Eclipse, yeah. Yeah, just clip me however you want, man. I am not a believer in Zach Wilson. I mean, honestly, it's kind of funny because if you listen to our old podcast episodes, you know, obviously not even Zach Wilson, but Sam Darnold. I was just not believing in him at all. You know, uh, I have a, a right to do so because, you know, with the Jets, he actually threw more picks than touchdowns last season. He threw it for nine touchdowns and 11 picks. So, obviously, Darnold's looking a lot better now. He's in a new system, like you said. Uh, you know, and, and Zach Wilson, I, I think he'll he'll bust too, but he's just you know, the Jets. It's where QBs go to die. It seems like. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. They haven't really had a quarterback. I mean, Geno Smith didn't turn out to be good. I'm trying to think who else. Mark Sanchez, he was all right. Yeah, I feel like Mark Sanchez was the last like serviceable quarterback. And that's what 2011. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that's like years ago. Anyways, uh, yeah. I just think that you know Darnold's looking a lot good or you know a lot better now. He's looking really good and. You know, Panthers are definitely shocking a lot of people right now. I've liked the Panthers since they had since they've had Cam Newton, and I'm a big Panthers guy. But obviously, uh, the Panthers beat the Jets in their season opener, and they beat the Saints today, and they're two and zero now. Now, I wasn't high on Sam Darnold, but now he's proving himself. He had the 68.4 completion percentage in today's game versus the Saints, throwing 26 for 38, two touchdowns and a pick. He also threw 305 yards in today's game. You know what? Panthers are looking good. All right, let's pivot from the Panthers to uh, what a lot of people think is the best in the AFC. The Chiefs, they did lose tonight against the Ravens. They choked hard. I blame one man and one man only. His name is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yep. 
Um, he somehow managed to not do the one rule of being a running back, which is um, you cover up the ball, especially late in the game. When, um, you're trying to run clock um, when you kind of get into a little bit of traffic. Um, he did not do that, and he fumbled, and uh, the Chiefs lost by a point. Um, but they did have a comeback win in week one against the Browns. Um, obviously, they were missing some defensive pieces, but the defense is still horrendous. Um, which is a problem, right? Like, you can only ask Mahomes and the offense to Charles do Kelsey, so much. Kelsey, yeah. They scored 35 points today and lost. I um, won. Like, you know, 35 points should be enough, I'd hope. Yes. Yeah. But, of course, it wasn't. Um, Especially, you could. Lamar Jackson turned the ball over quite a bit today. Like it was, it's it just, it's 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 just not, it's just not up to par of what it should be. Um, and also the Ravens, you know, are pretty thin offensively. They have a bunch of injuries. J.K. Dobbins is out. They, they have no, yeah, they have a whole new yeah, running back. Right? Literally, they have three new running backs. I'm trying to think who else is injured on the Ravens besides J.K. Dobbins. They have a couple other big injuries. Um, but obviously, you know, she's got to do better defensively. Um, Edwards Alaire did sell that game for them, but offensively, like you said, Mahomes and their offense, they can only do so much. Yeah, and I think the offense, like, they just kind of, they, they fell off in, like, the biggest moment. You know, they had a lead. Patrick Mahomes threw a pick. Obviously, it was on a third down, but just. Just not not good football. Um, obviously it's week two, so I'm not too worried. Definitely. Yeah, about them winning games. I am a bit worried that the defense is just not good, and that you kind of need a defense that's somewhat serviceable to actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you um, can't just rely on your offense. The defense has to be there too. Yeah, so hopefully they pick up. You know, obviously Tyron Matthew was so good. But yeah, two picks today. Yeah, and then they obviously have Jones, and Jones is great, but they moved him from the tackle to the end, um, and I don't necessarily think that's a position because um, he's a blocker, um, and he's not really a speed guy, and I think kind of you want I mean, I guess you can have a power rusher at the end, but I just I prefer a speed guy, you know, can kind of set the edge, who can kind of make the tackles work. But I I don't know. The Chiefs are confusing me. But enough about them. You know, they. we'll see. We'll have to wait and see with them because we obviously know that they're talented and we've seen them kind of show out a little bit. But, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has done the opposite of show out. Or he has shown out just not in a positive way. Uh, yeah, we have to talk about this. Well, obviously Aaron Rodgers coming into this year didn't even want to play for the Packers because of their terrible play calling Arguments with the coaching and all that stuff because they lost in the, what was it, the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers. They, they, they went for the field goal instead of, instead of going for the, um, instead of going for, going, going for on fourth down, I think. Um, I mean, I'm trying to, it is NFC, right, for the Packers division? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, yeah. Well, I'll give you guys the statistics. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they do need to step it up and bounce back tomorrow versus the Lions because, you know, Rodgers are, Completely horrific in the season opening game versus the Saints. The Packers lost by 35 points, 38 to 3. And in that game, not only did Rodgers get subbed out, um, actually, but he had a 53.6 completion percentage in that game, and he threw for only 
133 yards, and he had zero touchdowns. And he threw two interceptions in the game as well. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Well, I just don't. He just does not look like he cares that much at all. I mean, the yeah. whole line just wasn't good. Like, the Packers just looked flat. They looked horrible. Like they weren't showing. Yeah. I mean, they they just looked like they weren't ready to play a game that day. Um, I'm curious to see if they actually come out and play tomorrow against uh, the Lions. Obviously, the Lions aren't very good. Um, so, they should win. Um, but just because they should win doesn't mean they will win. Um, I kind of thought the Packers would be good because I thought I thought that Aaron Rodgers would come out with his hair on fire, like you know, it's his last kind of go, you know, so like he's just trying to go all out this season. Yeah, because he knows it's his last with the Packers. But he might have gone the complete opposite direction, which is just, he doesn't care, um, and he's ready to go. And he just wants to be now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what he does tomorrow. Um, I'm kind of curious to see. Because he was literally MVP last season, now he's on the third. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he, if, if they, if he plays horrible tomorrow and they lose, they, I think they just got to go with Jordan Love. At that point, you just have to play Rodgers maybe because it seems like he doesn't even want to be there. Yeah, but I just don't know why it would, I mean, obviously teams want Aaron Rodgers, but this is a, such a weird time to play with. That's what's happening. It's like the third weekend in the NFL. You know? Yeah, they probably have to. They probably have to wait to trade him until the offseason. Not bad, second week, but yeah, yeah, because a lot of teams kind of already kind of solidified everything, their roster, and they're locked in for the season. Yeah, that's true. Um, talking about another quarterback who not Super crazy bad. impressed with uh, Baker Mayfield. Um. I just feel like Baker Mayfield, he's not a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he's bad. He's decent. I just feel like he he's super reliant on the run game, and you kind of just tell. Because a lot of the Browns, a lot of what they do is they do play action stuff, and that's how he racks up a lot of his yards and his completions. And you can kind of tell that the Browns, they, I feel like they kind of shield them because they just, I just feel like they don't necessarily them to like completely be the man. On offense, I feel like they kind of... They, obviously, they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are two of the best running backs in the league. And it's best, I think it's probably the best one to find. Um, so it makes sense why they run the ball a lot, but I just feel like they Baker's a little bit more of a game manager. Um, and I just feel like he just hasn't really touched that top-tier talent. I just don't... I don't... I think he's just... He's just he's just a decent quarterback, you know. He's he's a guy that could probably start on a lot of teams, but he's not he's not a game changer. Um, and I would like to see him be a game changer. You know, he's been in the league for a while. He's been starting for a while. I think it's time for him to just yeah get up to the next level. You know, he's been at the same level for a couple seasons now. You know, he's this is kind of I think this is the pivotal moment. In his career, because he's trying to really prove himself. Yeah, like, you you need to be... The guy. Yes, you need to be the guy. You need to be the guy who's going to lead the Browns to something. You know, the Browns have the talent to win a lot of games. They're really good. And I feel like Baker is slightly holding them back. 
Um, I feel like injuries are also holding him back, though. I mean, Jarvis Landry's still out. Odell Beckham Jr. is struggling with a bunch of injuries. And you know what? Obviously, they're relying on the run game a bunch. But, you know, as you said, you know, you said before, the best, uh, I forgot what the phrase was, but something about, you know, Ability is available. The best ability is availability. That's very true. And the Browns have been dealing with injuries. Obviously, Jarvis Landry is out with injury, and Odell Beckham Jr. has been in and out of the lineup, but he's injured right now. So that's tough with the best receivers being out. But you know what? We'll see if the Browns can get it together. Yeah. I mean, we'll just have to wait. Um, but Baker, my guy, just come on now. I did. I know you're not necessarily the most talented quarterback, but but he has your time. He has your time. Yes. Yes. He has the talent. You've you've got to elevate the Browns because the Browns have talent. They have a lot of talent. They could be the second best, even the best team in the AFC. They just have to. He needs to play, like, not even just. Uh, he just needs to play like a great quarterback. He doesn't even have to be elite. He just needs to step it up. Right. All right. Next topic: The Chargers lost to the Cowboys, twenty to seventeen. I think they should have won that game. What are your thoughts on that game? Um, I just the Chargers are just a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Obviously, they got Herbert. They got like Keenan Allen. You know, their offensive line is just not has failed to stay healthy already this year. Um, and obviously the Cowboys just aren't very good. Um, I mean, they did almost beat the Buccaneers. They lost in a close game. But, yeah, but, but the Cowboys, they're, they're not a super good team. You know, The thing about that Buccaneers game is the Buccaneers turned the ball over like four times. The Buccaneers yeah. played horrid. Yeah. Um, and, they met, and the Cowboys should have won that game. They missed a bunch of field goals. Um, yeah. it's, they, they, they somehow lost that game. I don't know how, but they got the win today. Um, I just feel like... I feel like the Chargers are there. I just don't. I just. Uh, they're just like kind of just. They're at the surface. They just haven't reached it yet. Does that make sense? It's just like they're trying to figure it out, and they're still dealing dealing with some injuries. Yeah, it's like you know you have Justin Herbert who's putting up good numbers. You know, you got you've got the right guy at quarterback, and you know I didn't necessarily not think they would be you know. A, top team this year, you know, I felt like, but they have a good thing for the future. Um, so, but today was, they, they, they just, there were, it probably should have won the game. You know, it, it wasn't like one of those things where they just kind of got beat, you know, it, it was one of those ones is like, how did they lose a little bit more? Other ones. Speaking about a game they shouldn't have lost, the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, the Seahawks, they lost 33-30 uh, to 30 in OT today, and the Titans beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks were leading in that game. Uh, I was watching it, and they should have won. And You know, they need to step up defensively. They're now 1-1 in the season. They beat the Colts 28-16 in week one one week ago, but, you know, they should have They should have beat them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, they kind of just blew the game completely. It was, yeah. it was not, you know, it was... They were up quite a bit. You know, they had a comfortable lead, and they just kind of let it slip. Um, I don't – the Titans didn't play bad. Eric Henry was crazy today. I mean, he he is their offense. That's yeah. He's a top three running back in the league. T- 
Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. He's not even a great quarterback. I don't even know if he's a good quarterback. I would rather have Baker Mayfield than Ryan Tannehill. Oh, easily. It's. I just feel like you know it's Derek. Derek Henry carries that offense. It's true. Completely. He had two hundred sixty-three uh total yards. I think all purpose today or something like that. Like that. That that's a lot. They just have running back for sure. Yeah, especially like that. He got like forty-one touches. 182 yards, three touchdowns. That's on the ground, yeah. Yeah, jeez. Just, you know, I mean, he's he's not going to have a long playing career, I don't think, because they're basically running him the ground. I mean, Barry Sanders, I mean. I mean, Barry Sanders had a pretty long career. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, when you run a guy to the ground sometimes, you know, they just wear out. Yeah, he's going to get paid, though, I'd hope. The yeah. Charter, the, the Titans better pay him. I'm, I'm going to be mad if they don't pay him. Premium money because they he deserves it exactly. Yeah, I mean he's their whole offense, bro. Yeah, I mean they have Julio Jones now, but he's been he's a you know past. I mean not typically past his prime. I don't know Julio Jones. He's still like a top six, top seven receiver when healthy, but he's been injured sometimes. You know he's been injured and he's been in and out of the lineup. He's healthy now. But yeah, and if you don't have a quarterback that's not getting that's not going to get you the ball as much, then like obviously your numbers aren't going to be good. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill's not the good. All right, next topic. We're going to talk about some MLB now. You know, the playoffs uh, start on October 5th in just over two weeks. It's like 16 days from now. It's uh, September 19th now. And, you know, the Padres are still playing on the playoff race, but they still could possibly make the playoffs with a lot of help. They have a record of 73, and there's my bad, 76 and 73 right now, and they are actually third, the third best team in the NL West. Yeah, they're three and a half games back. It's painful. Yeah. You know, they got swept by the Dodgers. Okay. Cool. They split against the Giants. So I was like, ooh, you know, maybe we're turning around a bit. Um, And then we come up against the Cardinals, a pivotal series. You know, we win the series where uh, we hold the second wild card spot, and they got swept. Um, To be fair, Blake Snell is out. Um, Chris Paddock's out. We had, instead of uh, Blake Snell taking the mound, uh, we had to have um, Vince Velasquez, who got cut from the Phillies and has close to a 6 ERA. Um, so it's like just a tough, tough time for Blake. Because Blake Snell was so good in August. Yeah, Blake you know, Snell's a great pick. He kept us in the playoff race. Um, and then he got hurt. Um, Darvish had a really good outing. He pitched seven innings, allowed no runs, and then the bullpen went and blew the game. Um, Padres are they're they're so much better than the record shows. I mean, they have a ton of talent. They have some injuries, and you know they're trying to find a rhythm. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? This year's probably not their year. I'm not to even make the playoff. I feel like next year could be big because I feel like they might try to make some big acquisitions. Yeah, big acquisitions in the offseason, like they did this offseason. I mean, they have Machado, Tatis, and they have a pretty good pick. Yeah, I feel like they're probably going to upgrade at first base or try to get rid of Hosmer. Um, I feel like they might do some upgrading in the bullpen and the pitching staff um, because... You know, they don't really have a fifth starter um, because it, I feel like Lamette's going to have to move full-time to the bullpen just 
purely because of his injury history. Um, and then Ryan Weathers kind of had a good start this season, but he kind of tailed out. Um, so they do have legit starters. Um, Chris Paddock was playing better towards the end of the year, so I think they have a good form, and they're probably going to need another starter. I think they probably need to improve their bullpen just a bit and probably just maybe make some upgrades to the lineups, and they're they're probably going to be really good next year. So it's it, it has not been a good time for us Padres fans recently, especially since the Giants and Dodgers are so good as well. Um, Dodgers are stacked, but I mean, you know what? The Giants are good too. That's the thing. The Dodgers are good, the Giants are good, but the Padres still have a ton of potential to get this week. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like what everybody's talking about because, you know, the Dodgers could very easily take over the NOS and get the number one seed. Um, and then the Giants would fall into the wild card. And if you're a wild card team, you definitely want to play the Giants instead of the Dodgers. And right now, the wild card team looks like it's going to be St. Louis. Um, they've gone on a hot streak right at the perfect time of the season. Um, good for them. You know, like they're seventy nine and sixty nine right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they 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 played good when they needed to. Um. And so if they're the playoff team, then they're the playoff team. They deserve it. Um, but it, the Cardinals definitely want to play the Giants over the Dodgers. Obviously, I know it's a one-game, you know, thing. You know, it's going to be one game to advance. Um, so anything can happen. But the Dodgers are a much better team than the Giants. The Giants are far more beatable um, in general. So that's why you'd want that matchup. Um, because you'd go in to face the Dodgers, and I'd assume they'd probably start Walker Buehler, who has been lights out for basically the most, like, I think since the first month of the season has been absolutely lights out. He had, like, one bad game, and, and other than that, he's been playing insanely good. Yeah, you don't want to face Walker Buehler. Obviously, um... You face the Giants, I think it's going to be Gosman. Most likely, Gosman's a... He, he's been pretty impressive this year, but he's just, I, he's just not one to... I don't think he's... Like, um, and I think Dodgers have a better bullpen, they have a better lineup. You know, Dodgers are easily the best team on paper. The Dodgers are just stacked. So I mean, not only is their pitching core insane with Kershaw and Walker Buehler and um, obviously, what's his name? Uh, you know, Scherzer, but they have traits, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, you know, all those guys. Bellinger, they're just insane. Yeah. So I think the Dodgers, if a team is going to beat the Dodgers, I don't think it'll be the Giants. I think it would be Milwaukee. Really, because Milwaukee, it, I don't know what it is. They're kind of like, Tampa Bay, they're similar. They get a lot out of a little. Like, they, they've got... Their lineup is not horrible. It's not great, but their pitching staff. The pitching staff is what's going to, you know, make Milwaukee a dangerous team. Um, because the best way to shut down a really stacked lineup is to have a really good pitcher, and that's what Milwaukee has. Um... So I feel like that's their biggest threat. 
Um, so that's kind of the take on the NL, the AL, though. I just, the Yankees completely kind of just fell off. Had a really good post trade deadline, and then just kind of since then have uh, started losing some games. And so now Toronto's um, kind of in that second playoff spot. And uh, Boston was struggling after the trade deadline, but they've gotten back on um, track. Um, Sale's come back. Chris Sale is such a good pitcher. Easily top five pitcher in the league when healthy. Yeah. Um, I feel like people kind of forgot about him, obviously, because, but like, you you cannot sleep on Boston, um, because, yeah, they've been super impressive, um, since he's come back, and they've been impressed over the year. You know, they got Devers, um, they have Bogarts. You know, they've got people who can hit. Um, obviously, Houston still looks good. Chicago, the White Sox still look good. Tampa Bay still looks good. I feel like the AL is a lot more open than the NL. I feel like the NL is basically the Dodgers, and then nobody can necessarily compete. I feel like Dodgers and then the Giants. I mean, the San Francisco Giants are still up there, but the Dodgers, on paper, like you said, they're just stacked. Yeah, and then you look at the AL. Like Tampa Bay is always much better than they are on paper. Um, in reality, Houston, Houston's always good. Chicago, they're They've been pretty good this year. Boston's been good, and Toronto, and even if the Yankees make the playoffs, there's a lot. There's a lot more teams that I feel like would sneak in the playoffs. Yeah, could win the AL than I think the NL. Um, I just, I just don't have a lot of faith in a lot of the NL teams. Um, not that they're not good. I just think it's one of those things where there's just one team that's just so much better. Um, than the other, that they're just not going to be able to compete. So that's kind of what's going on with baseball. Um, I will say, I kind of hope Otani doesn't win the MVP. People are like, oh, he has to. But I feel like it sets a weird precedent because, you know, he's not an elite pitcher. He's been an elite batter this year. He's a pretty good pitcher. What does he have, a 3.13 ERA? I mean, he, he's a decent pitcher. But it's not like he's DeGrom, you know what I mean? Or DeGrom or Sale, because like he's a pitcher, but his hitting is insane. But it is pretty impressive when, when somebody can hit yeah. and pitch. I mean, if if Vladdy, if yeah. he if he if he gets a triple crown, like I he and doesn't win the MVP, that's just that's gonna be kind of crazy. Yeah, and it's such a weird precedent because basically, if Otani has any similar year to this, like then he's basically guaranteed the MVP. I'd assume. Um, and then in the NL, I have no idea who's going to win MVP, if I'm honest. Like, honestly, I think Scherzer could sneak in there. He's been playing really good. I just don't see it being a pitcher. It could happen. We'll I see. was thinking if, um, I was thinking, uh... Harper? Yeah, I was thinking Bryce Harper, but since the Phillies are kind of not there, not maybe good. not. I mean, it could be, I mean, it could be, yeah, I was going to say it could be Probably either Scherzer or Harper, in my opinion. Crazy thing is, like, Patis has clearly been the most impressive player. He's leading the NL in home runs, yet he's played a lot less games than most of the players. He has, like, one of the highest OPS ever. Um, he's, his stat-wise, he's been unbelievable, except for, but we're not going to talk about that. 
Um, but it's just like he hasn't played enough. You know, the Padres just haven't, you know, showed enough. If the Padres were in the playoffs, right? Now, like, he'd probably be the MVP, but I just don't know. Yeah, it's also some of the team records and how teams do overall. Because I think that it could be Scherzer, it could be Bryce Harper, but we'll see. And also, you know, obviously the Giants and Dodgers are close to each other. They're pretty much neck and neck. The Giants have a record of 97 and 53. The Dodgers are right behind them at 96-54. And you know what? It is going to be interesting to see how they match up or how they do in the playoffs because obviously the Dodgers are the team to beat. But yeah, the Giants could surprise some people too, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's going to wrap up our podcast. Sorry for being gone for a bit. We came back with a bang. You know, this was a bit of a longer episode. You know, we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been a good episode. Um, I'm kind of not excited, but also excited to see what happens with the MLB. You know, playoffs are always fun. They're more fun when your team is in them. Yeah. Yeah. My, Jeremy's a big Padres uh, fan, so. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm more of a Mariners dude, but the, I mean, I, I have family friends in LA, and I've, I, I saw a Dodgers game, so I don't know, man. I'm buying into the Dodgers, but they're just so sad. So, anyways, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Next Man Out podcast, and we will be back later this week, uh, possibly this Saturday or Sunday, for another episode. Don't forget to leave a review, and uh, you know, hit us with some questions. Hit me up at Jack MacArthur Ten on Instagram, or you know, hit us up on Twitter. Uh. At, at NXT, man up. I know there's, I can't get the E. There's no E, just next man up without the E. That's our Twitter. Um, Yeah, so send in questions Um, if you'd like us to answer them. Or DM, DM me one. Yeah, if you, if you if you don't have any questions, no, no point in you not DMing us. I don't want any weird stuff. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, just if you want a question answered, just Hit our line. Um, and we'll, we could start doing mailbags. Yeah, I'd love to do mailbags. We did, we did do one about the, the question with your dad, but, but we'd like yeah. to do more of those. Yeah, so if you're listening and you want, if you're like, Curious I want them to talk about this, send it to us and we'll talk about it maybe. Unless it's a bad question, then we're not going to talk about it. But I'm not trying to discourage you from not asking. But always ask questions, okay? That doesn't... Whatever, just 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 leave us questions, man. Just just because you can help us, man. We could just like drop some, man. Yeah, and don't forget to leave a review. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys uh, on the next episode. Have yeah, a good one. everybody, peace.